morning, bitches, and welcome to Wellness for Real, the podcast where we talk about all things wellness. I'm your host. My name is Marlena, and if you're new here, welcome. We have so many amazing episodes, so make sure you go back and check those out as well. We talk about everything on this show. I was inspired to start this podcast after uh, finally finding success in my own weight loss and wellness journey uh, by finally shedding all of the toxic diet culture bullshit and just embracing finding what works for me. So we share other people's stories, uh, tips, tricks, all the things, um, and we talk about it all. So buckle up, y'all, because it's about to get real. Morning, bitches, and welcome back to Wellness for Real, your favorite podcast. It's your girl, Marlena, um, here today with Felicia, my co-host. Hey, everybody. Uh, and today we have a very special guest, uh, one of my favorite people on Instagram, honestly, um, Andrea, aka, what is your handle? I never know anybody's handle, and I should probably write that down. It's Andrea.BoldBodyFit, but I want to take off the fit now. Okay. Ooh, I like that. Just a bold body. I love it. Mm. Um, I love watching your story. So I'm going to just kind of let you kind of maybe give a little bit of introduction on who you are. Okay. Um, my name is Andrea. I am man, where to start. I'll I'll give you guys the quick, like elevator pitch. (laughs) One minute I've tried to like reduce this. Um, I have lost 99 pounds naturally through diet and exercise or nutrition and exercise. I don't like to say diet. Um, and that my weight loss journey started about seven years ago when I was diagnosed with lupus. At that point, I was 240 pounds. Um, I already had hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's um, diagnosed with lupus. Lupus is hereditary. It's not anything I did to myself. Uh, at that point, I took control of my life and just was like, I don't want to be on 10 different kinds of medications and pain. Um, lupus got better, lost the weight, lost 60 pounds, went through a divorce, uh, for someone that I was married to for 10 years, um, lost another 30 pounds and then laid off from my corporate job, opened up my own personal training business. I had no prior experience whatsoever. I worked in corporate America for an oil and gas company, um, single mom of two kids, 15 and 11, both boys. And opened a personal training company, started training women that developed really well over the past couple of years. And now I'm a online content creator and do OnlyFans. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I feel like people often will find like Instagram pages or people on social media that are like where you're at, right? They see your page and they're like, oh, wow, it must have been like so easy because you're already like past all of the hard, really, really hard shit, right? So I'm just curious, like, let's kind of back it up. Um, so you said you were 240 pounds. You had all of these yes. health issues. Um, is weight something that you something- like always struggled with? Yes and no. I, I never gained. I was at uh, the corporate job that I was at was very toxic and my boss would it was just a very toxic environment and I would eat my feelings. I was a single mom and who's going to help put a roof over my, my children's head? Nobody. So I just grit and took whatever my boss gave me because I need to put, you know, clothes on my back, food on the table and just ate my feelings. Ate 70, 80 pounds worth of feelings 
um, over the course of five years. And um, my weight was, I, I would yo-yo maybe 10, 20 pounds, you know, since I was younger, I was always chubby, never, you know, very overweight, but just that, that job in particular, um, I, I ate my feelings. I ate a lot of my feelings. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that, right? Like so many people are in miserable situations and jobs that they hate. Um, and for a lot of us, like our anxieties all manifest in what we consume, right? Yes, very much so. <laughs> um, so you said, so you said that you lost weight and you don't really like to use the word diet. So you, you like focused on your nutrition. Was there like yes. a plan that you followed or were you just kind of like, all right, I just need to be healthier overall like did you take baby steps it was definitely baby steps um well yes and no it was baby steps for the exercise because I I was hypothyroid super tired I'd come home from work I'd get home you know after driving an hour of traffic I'd get home at seven o'clock and then you know my kids are mommy mommy wants something um I would come home and like take a nap and then I would force myself to go to the gym like ultimately um, the doctor that I was seeing was just prescribed a bunch of medications and was like, here. And he, his little, like, he kind of thought it was funny, which I, I did. And I was bawling on the floor, but he was like, you also have high cholesterol too. And you're pre-diabetic. I'm not going to give you, I just gave you 10 medications. Next time you come in here, like he already had this mindset of you're going to gain more weight. Cause you're, you're, you're kind of hopeless. You're 240 pounds. I'm going to give you this high cholesterol medicine, but you know, here's the steroids. Here's the pain relievers. Here's, here's all the things you need to get started. I'll give you more medication when you get back. And as I walked out of there, I was like, this is, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I can't live like this. Like I cannot do this to myself and just started doing my own research and, uh, realized or, or, or uh, over research, uh, saw that my food, and the things that I consumed, which I'm a carby, I'm a sweet tooth person. I, I love all my sides and my sweets, um, but that was attributing to my flares, to my pain. Um, and I, I did like a whole 30 diet without knowing it was whole 30. I just, I researched, saw that it was everything fried, dyed, bagged, red meat, alcohol, chocolate, took that all to my diet. And I, I honestly felt immediately better. Uh, so you said you, so you have lupus, PCOS and thyroid issues. And I yes. feel like that, what a trifecta of shit, I right? I didn't know. Yeah. I, I had no clue that I had PCOS until uh, a year ago and PCOS. I actually told the guy yesterday. Um, I know we're talking about it off screen, but um, I told him like, Hey, you're why is her hair falling out? Does she have these symptoms? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, she probably has PCOS. A lot of women don't realize we just think our regular periods or our heavy periods or something is just, you know, with age, it's normal. My doctor even told me it's normal. It's normal. And come to find out uh, a year ago, I, I have PCOS and it relates to um, so, so many different things, my metabolism, my, my period and stuff like that. So um, sorry, I was going on a tangent, but yes, I, I just found out that I have PCOS. It's, it's like, one thing after another, after another, even after losing almost a hundred pounds is when I found out I had PCOS. So it's like, I don't want to say it's a never ending battle, but it's, it's things pop up and I kind of, I'm, I'm more able to deal with them since being diagnosed with lupus. Yeah. I totally can relate to that. I also have autoimmunity and it's like, once you're like auto, once you're immune deficient, it's like, yes, cool. You don't know what's going to come your way. It's, it's, such a roller coaster ride. So, 
Um, so are you currently on any more medications for some of those previous issues that you were having? I, so I don't take my, my lupus is in remission. Um, I take like that's amazing medication whenever it's, it's such a blessing. My last, my last flare, um, was God, three years ago, four years ago, almost. And those are painful. I actually almost went to the hospital. People die from, from, they don't die from lupus. They die from like complications of lupus. It lowers your immune system. Um, it makes you more susceptible to other diseases and illnesses. Um, but since then, I, I, I haven't taken pain medication. The, the medications that I take daily are supplements for PCOS and my thyroid medication, which unfortunately I haven't been able to figure out a way to get off of. Um, but those are the, that's what I take now. Pretty good going from yeah. all that. Like 15 different medications, <laughs> yes, to now like really impressive, like through nutrition and health. You mentioned that you used to eat your feelings. And I think most of us can relate to that emotional eating. How do you manage that now? I still eat my feelings, to be honest with you. Not, not all the time. It's just gotten a lot better. I um, went through maybe almost like a year of therapy and that, that really helped. It wasn't the um, you know, I, Marlena has even touched on this, like, you know, it's eating, uh, overeating and eating your emotions is, uh, is such a mental thing. Weight loss, especially if you have been, um, you know, overweight or, or, or what have you for a while, it is really like an emotional internal thing. It's not, I'm going to hire a personal trainer. I'm going to do this diet. I'm going to, you know, it, it's so much more than that. I'm getting goosebumps, like talking about it. And I have little sticky notes on my fridge, on my fridge, in my pantry, reminding me to not eat my negative emotions and that they're, they're totally normal. The Bible says, even Jesus wept, like it, it's totally normal for us to feel negative emotions, but to, to try to deal with those negative emotions in a different way, or even just let my, allow myself to feel, allow myself to feel sad and feel depressed and feel like, no, today I'm going to stay my ass in bed and not go to go eat my feelings. Eating my feelings feels, feels good temporarily, but it's like this vicious like drug. cycle as we know. Yes. Yes. Self-medicating. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that you're being so like honest about that because I think people would expect you like, look at your journey, like the side-by-sides, right? The transformations. People yes. look at that and then go, oh, I bet she has no problems with her food anymore. <laughs> so the first four years, I, the first year I lost 60 pounds, I gained 30 pounds back because I saw these like fitness influencers doing this bulk. And I was like, bulk, I get to eat more food. Okay. Bring on the McDonald's, <laughs> bring on the Chick-fil-A, bring on the Starbucks, bring on, you know, whatever I gained 30 pounds. And then I lost it. I had to, I worked six months to lose it. Had plantar fasciitis my third year, gained another 30 pounds, lost it. So I, I, my, my journey has not been like, Oh, just constant, you know, a steady decline. It's been, you know, lost 60 pounds, gained 30 pounds and lost those. And it's just been up and down, up and down. It's a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey through a mountain. It certainly <laughs> is. It never ends. <laughs> yeah. It never ends. Truly does not. Um, so I want to kind of touch on, you mentioned that you kind of got a divorce in the midst of all of this, like with changing who you are. And I kind of want to visit that, um, like, what, cause your relationship really contributed to a lot of your negative feelings, correct? Yes. 
Yes. Uh, so do you want to talk about that? Because I think a lot of people are in, may, might even still be in that space, right? Where they're with someone who is not um, supportive or loving of who they are. Um, yes. And I know yesterday you had kind of an interaction. So I just want you to kind of chat about that a little bit. So I'm actually, I'm twice divorced. I was married uh, early on whenever I was 20, had my first child, divorced that person. Um, that was very toxic and very volatile. It was like domestic abuse type thing. That person went to jail, um, met my second husband a year later. Or so was married to him for 10 years, had another child. Um, he, I will say that he was, he never said anything, not really anything too negative about my weight. Uh, I, cause I, I was 160 pounds when I met him and then I, you know, I shot up to 240. Um, I, I didn't shoot up to 240. I slowly, there we go. I slowly gained. I, I don't like to, to talk negatively about 240 pound Andrea because she's, she's still here and she's very much a beautiful person. When people talk like, oh, I was this and this. I thought I was, I thought I was the shit. I thought it was a shit. It wasn't until other people told me, you know, you're really big, you're this, you're this, you should probably lose some weight. You know, your husband might cheat on you, like all sorts of just negative, nasty things. But I didn't think there was really anything to, I, I knew I was a big girl, but I was curvy. I was thick. Like I was thickalicious. There's nothing wrong with me until other people said something. Um, that divorce I brought a lot of emotional baggage from my first marriage. I didn't know about therapy. Therapy was for crazy people, you know, at that point, that's, that was the, the connotation of it. Um, so I brought a lot of emotional baggage and then that my second husband not being supportive of just who I, who I was as a, as a person um, in general, um, you know, the, I don't say narcissism, but something along the lines of that it also attributed to just me eating, eating my feelings, eating my feelings, feeling alone, feeling isolated. Um, and it, it was a very volatile, it, it was, it was good and bad. It was a good and bad relationship, but that, um, that was a very hard time. That divorce is a very hard time. Um, we were talking about earlier before we got online about a man who at the gym yesterday came over to me while I was working out and wanted to, um, wanted advice on how to like help his wife out. You know, he, his wife had gained 50, 60 pounds over the past couple of years. She, she didn't look like what she did whenever he, he first married her is what he was saying. And he was showing me pictures of his wife and I was like, she's beautiful. And he's like, Oh no, this is now, let me show you back then. And I was like, she's still, I just said she's beautiful like you don't see that your wife is beautiful and his whole mo was what what is the key thing that I can say to her you know I tell her to get up I tell her stop being lazy I tell her you know and he thought he was helping out and I said hey that's not helping all you're doing is making it 10 times worse like you positive positive reinforcement I'm proud of you I don't care if she's laying in I literally told him I don't care if she's laying in the bed and she hasn't done shit all day you still tell her I'm proud of you I'm proud of you today. I love you who, for who you are. Like, just give her that positive. She needs that. She needs that positive. She needs her best friend. She doesn't need somebody to, to walk on her and make her feel, you know, kick her while she's down. She's feeling down right now. She's eating her feelings and uh, talking to him for 20 minutes about like, stop telling your wife to get up and stop giving her tough love, which you think is helping. I understand how you think that's helping, but that's doing the exact opposite. Um, 
and hopefully he he got it at the end um of our 20 minute conversation he, he kind of seemed like he got it um but I, I related it back to him i was like hey what if somebody told you you know your beard looked like this and was just constantly telling you the gray in your beard the gray in your beard and was just bashing you and making you feel a certain kind of way and then he was kind of like oh all right like i I, don't, I was trying to turn the tables and just trying to like have him see in in a, in, a, in in that moment what he was doing was just absolutely wrong and and not helping yeah. at all i just find that so interesting that like I don't know how crazy life is that like now you're on the other side of that, right? Like you were that wife at some yes. point in time in your yes. life. Yes. And so to now have this like stranger look at you in the gym and assume that you're like this fitness person 24 seven in the gym. I get yeah. those comments a lot. Like, Oh, you're no, no, no. <laughs> Am I? Yeah. I think he was thinking like I was going to give him some, I, I forget the the guy but just give him like yeah keep telling her to do that i was like no yeah. fine you know what weights aren't for everybody and he's like yeah but i see you that's me yeah. that's me andrea me andrea is not your wife maybe she likes kickboxing maybe she likes zumba maybe she likes cycling maybe she likes walking with the fucking group of her friends whatever is her thing like help her facilitate her with that don't make her come to the gym because it works for you because it mm -hmm. works for me we're not your wife we're not her yeah, you can't motivate someone to be healthy by making them feel bad. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't work. Most definitely not. I'm pretty sure that has worked. Never. Never. Yes. <laughs> so now you're a single mama, you're single woman, yes. living your best life. And Ooh. I really wanted to have you on the show because you just exude sex positivity yes. and just like living fully in your truth, giving zero fucks. And I just love it. I love it so Thank much. Um, so Thank I want to talk more about kind of where you're at now in your life. Um, and I know you said like you left your corporate job and you're like making an income, being a content creator, content creator, and also on OnlyFans. And yes. we talk about OnlyFans um, and I feel like it's becoming, it's our, it was so quickly stigmatized. Yes. And I feel like that happens with anything where women have power over their own sexuality. Yes. So I just want to hear like from someone who is like doing it and making a living um, on OnlyFans, like what is it actually like? Like what does it entail? And maybe explain to some people what it is, because some people yeah. may not know. Have no idea. Sure. Okay, so OnlyFans is a subscription-based site. You put your own subscription. Some people even have free, um, free subscriptions to their page. But it's it's like um, a paid Instagram, if you will. So Instagram, you have your pictures, you know, that you're able to post, or you have videos that you're able to post. Um, it's similar to that. And the, I have people that subscribe to the site wanting to buy particular content of mine, nudes, videos, what have you. And that usually goes through the DMs um, is where they're able to ask, you know, hey, can I, you know, they're, they're able to ask for, for certain videos. Um, and that is how, that is how I make a majority of my, my living. I also do other things like invest, but that is, that is how OnlyFans works. Um, some people, there are content creators on there that do cooking and fitness. Um, but I would say a majority of it is sex work and some type of, it doesn't have to be my, my OnlyFans and two, I want to back up a little bit. The person I was married to for 10 years, I was still at that point, self-conscious about my body, even after I lost the 60 pounds when I was married with him that 
even so like lingerie that I bought, I just felt just so insecure about, I, I didn't want to wear it. Um, not because my, my ex-husband would tell me anything. It's just, that's how I felt like my body. When I'd come out from the shower, I'd still be wrapped up in a towel. So seeing as how I was a conservative, you know, uh, Christian, I'm still Christian, but conservative Christian girl next door, good girl, I, I guess, if you will fast forward to now. And I'm like, woo, only fans, <laughs> only fans. It's freeing. I get to do this. I just, I have more confidence in my body now at 35 than I did 10 years ago at 25. That's great. So what's like the, what are like the most common requests that you get on OnlyFans? Oh man. I want to know. I want to know. Most common, most common is like, can you, can you do this sex position or, you know, masturbate or, or what have you, um, in, your schoolgirl outfit and here and make it and they customize it, you know, here, I want a five minute video. I want a 10 minute video. Um, let's Skype, let's Skype chat like that, you know, live video camming. Um, it's, it's pretty, uh, your average, like sex things. I've had crazy things like suck on your toes and like weird things, but I will say I, I know now I'm so glad that I do OnlyFans now with where I'm at in my mind space, because I know that I have the power to be like, I'm good. No, no, no. It, I call the shots on my OnlyFans. Men will come and ask, you know, all, for all sorts of things. I want you to, to fuck both holes at the same time. And I'm like, ah, no here, but I'll give you this amount of money. No, no. I say what goes down. And if I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do it. That's, that's great. But it's me. I have the power to say and to do what it is that I want to do. So how did you roll into, like, how did you start it? Like, how did it sort of pop up in your, hey, this is something I want to do or try or? I was doing, I I had my personal training business training women. um, And I saw a girlfriend do it, Desanti, and she just was talking about how empowering it was. And it wasn't, at that point, like OnlyFans And I think it still has this negative connotation of like, oh, it's, you know, it's stripper stuff. It's hoe stuff. It's, you know, just some girl doing sex and pornography. And so listening to an an enlightening friend who I trusted give such a positive um, spin or, or say how it's positively like impacted her. I was like, okay, let's try it. Like, let's try. And I started out with just bikini pictures. Just bikini pictures, like I, I, I was still conservative, Andrea, insecure, not completely insecure, but just like, oh, I don't want to show certain things. And like, what if mine doesn't look like theirs and, and comparing my body? You know, I would, I would look at like porn or I would look at other things and I'm like, my, my body doesn't look like that. I've had two kids and not this and this and this, and you know, men are going to talk and they're going to. And so just going from bikini pictures to now, like, I love my body. I love it the way everything, everything. I don't care the dimples, the skin, the this, the this. I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. <laughs> That's it. That's I'm, it. I'm sure you discovered pretty quickly too that uh, most men. Don't get fuck. They don't, they don't care. care. They, they don't, don't care. care. They're like, yeah, baby, I like that. I'm like, 
but it's lopsided. Like, yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. I'm, I'm curious if like the people in like your everyday life are aware of your OnlyFans, and if they are, like, what are do they have views and opinions on it? Yes. So, um, when I initially started, I and I still have kind of like the people pleasing mentality, but I wanted to tell my parents. I wanted to actually my my dad like, hey, my dad's gonna find out because I'm advertising it, you know, on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. And my, I'm going to get a phone call from my daddy. I, I'm 33 years old at this point. I'm going to get a phone call from my daddy and my daddy's going to chastise me and I'm going to feel so bad. And then after a couple weeks, I was like, and I still hadn't told him, I was like, I, I don't need approval. I don't. Need, and, and that mindset of like, I don't need to, I'm 33 years old. I don't need to ask my daddy my, my father for permission to accept what I choose to do with my life. Like, do I ask him what to do with my then husband in the bed? Do I ask him to, Hey, does this look appropriate? Does this shirt or these clothes look appropriate? Is my makeup too heavy? If I don't ask him for permission in my daily life for the things that I choose, why am I, why am I looking for acceptance? Like, no. And so that mentality helped with women that would, you know, Oh, it's, you know, it's pornography. You're, you're a whore, you're a mother. You're a mother of two boys. What does that show them that they should be? Except I, I've gotten all sorts of like bashing from, from, from friends and family. And it's helped me instead of being, you know, going back in my shell of like, you're right, you're right. Let me please whatever, you know, it is you're saying it. It's made me braver. It's made me bolder. I am Andrea bold body. It's been like, uh-uh, no, no. I don't give a fuck. This makes me happy. It's providing a living. It was at my second income that um, helped supplement you know, I'm a single mom and I just, I found just so much power in that where it's like, you can't take this away from me. I love, I love the way that this feels and that the confidence that it brings me. Yeah. It's going to do That's what great. the fuck you need to do for you. Yes. Do not listen to other people. And I just, yes. uh, I love you so much. Um, <laughs> likewise, likewise. I, I I, you were so bold. You. There's, there's just every once in a while where I find someone on Instagram and we just recently, I feel like discovered each other's pages. Yes. I don't know how I think through actually Tere. Yes. Think, yes. Um, through Tere, um, I was on her podcast. She was on our show. Love her too. Um, but I discovered you through her and it was just like, Oh my God, I fucking love this bitch. This is like, like my spirit <laughs> animal. Yes. Whenever you talk, whenever you, I'm like, that's right. Yes. Other, you being a trailblazer, Marlena, in your, in your weight loss, you being transparent and just so open, I feel like has empowered me. There's other, you know, there's other women that are also trailblazers and, and, you know, just, you know, on their own path, but you also are one of those women that help empower me to like, okay, yeah, I'm going to, why am I so scared? Why do I have this anxiety? Why am, why am I giving a fuck still about, you know, and it's natural, it's normal to give a fuck, but it's like, ah, okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> my pep talk, seeing you do it gives me motivation and me encouragement too. to do. Motivates me too. Yes. Great. Aww, yes. You guys are so sweet. I love to hear that because I, like you said, like I still struggle with that stuff too, right? Like questioning myself, doubting myself, yes. um, struggling with showing up being completely authentically myself worried about what other people might think and I'm definitely not like a people pleaser by any means I never have been but I still have those thoughts right um and I I just love that you're like showing that like you can you can do like you mentioned like only fans is sex work, right? For the yes. most part. And sex work is just so taboo. It's so looked down upon um in society. But like at the end of the day, like 
most people like porn. Most people enjoy watching people enjoy their sexuality. Yes. And so it's just like, why, how are we still in this space? I mean, I know why, because I mean, sex work, uh, the, the taboo-ness of it is rooted in racism and oppression, just like yes. most systems, yes. right? Yes. Um, but I just want to know, like, like, did you really struggle with that? Like, do you ever still struggle with those thoughts? Like, yes, that society places on us and what we're supposed to, what they think we're supposed to be or do very much. So very much. So like I've had it, I'll say it stems from a seed that somebody not necessarily toxic, but that somebody has like planted like, Hey, so some of my good friends who I decided I, I no longer want to be friends with that person just because of the questions they were asking me, I was like, this is it's a, it's a little red flags to my spirit. But she was <laughs> like, so she was a former stripper now turned mom and, um, well, she became a mom and then decided she wasn't going to do that anymore. But she asked me, so what are you, what are you going to do? You know, you're, you're 30, I think it was, yeah, 35. So I, I just had lunch with her a, a few months ago. She's like, you're 35 you know, things are heading south, like, you know, my skin, my, yeah. And, and so, you know, you're like not 35 just, like, is just so, old. it is so, it's so terrible. It's like, the <laughs> next, the new like, are you kidding me? 35 is the new 21. 20, like, first of all, get out of here. thank you. <laughs> but she was questioning, um, you know, what was I going to do? You know, now that I'm getting older and I'm not a supple, I'm not a supple, you know, plump, <laughs> 20 something year old, what am I going to do? And, and at that point I was like, I don't like, I'm just going to, I was doing, uh, personal training. And the year before that I was at corporate. So, you know, whatever, like I just trust the universe and I'm just going to keep doing, but her planting that seed later on the day, I was like, what am I going to do? What's going to happen? And just, and that started. and And I, I have daily talks with myself whenever I, I'm my own best friend. Whenever I start to feel that little like anxiety and start to get those the, the little voices start talking, I'm like, hey, it's fine. We're not going to think about it. It's okay. This, this, and this, and whatever comes, comes. And I'm, I try to let that be like the end of it. Like, don't, don't allow myself to, to bash myself and further uh, water that seed that someone else has, has planted intentional or, or unintentional. Just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Don't think about it. My energy is better pointed elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And negativity can just be so consuming oh. when somebody else dumps their negativity onto you. Yes. Like, it can really like fucking Fuck derail you. you. Right? Yeah. Yes. I feel like when you're around it too long. Yes. So do you get well, any of that like on Instagram as well? Like negative comments or messages or I feel like, like I know for me, like I've really curated my space and I've always just been very good at setting boundaries with my following that like, I rarely get, I can't remember the last time I got a negative message. I'm sure people are talking shit behind my back. Actually, I'm positive people are talking shit behind my back, but like, I don't give a fuck as long as I don't have to see it in my DMs, right? There you go. There you go. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like people are going to have their opinions. That's great. Just don't like keep your opinion to yourself. I don't, I don't want to hear it unless you want to hear my opinion about you. <laughs> I highly suggest you keep your mouth shut. Cause girl, like yeah. I'm a, I'm a ramble some stuff, but to answer your question, um, uh, initially it was like someone, someone found a picture of me and my kids from Halloween that year when I first started my OnlyFans and was like, are they on your OnlyFans too? And I was like, oh, what? Okay. And That's they were, I, 
yes i know the reason why they were doing it is because i was ignoring them on snapchat um but they it was a guy and he just decided like i'm gonna take it one level higher like i'm gonna i hurt his feelings by ignoring him so he thought i'm gonna get her back by you know writing this comment about her kids or on her you know a picture of her kids um i get boundary setting has definitely been that was 2021 like nope this person violates this boundary no red flag no and listening to that more has definitely helped curate my space to where I don't have to deal with that but initially I would get comments I would get actually I got a lot of dms from my then friends or uh frenemies who they they would ask questions in like a very catty way and I felt obliged to answer their questions and now like I don't I don't fucking answer those dms like I, I have a primary and I have my general and then I have all, you know, I don't, I don't open any DMs that are in my spam that initially come. If I haven't talked to you before, I, like, no, comment, comment on my spot and in public and in, in a post in public. Sure. And then let, you know, let's see what, what, whatever you had to say in the DM secretly, post it, post yeah. it on my picture. Let's yeah. see, let's see if someone else isn't going to think, you know, whatever the fuck you were going to say was wrong. And I don't have to deal with that too much on Instagram. TikTok is a different, is a completely different beast. TikTok is, but it's, it's like bots. It's people with fake stuff, you know, saying things about my appearance, about the way I, I sound and talk. I've had to, while I can't necessarily block out or, or filter those people too, too much, um, at the end of the day, it falls back on me. And I know that I don't sound like this. I think I sound beautiful. I think this, this, this beautiful. So just reinforcing their negativity with my own positivity has helped me like not, not take on those things that I once did, you know, years back. Yeah. And then I feel like people also like specifically with OnlyFans, like people are making like, like they make jokes about it, right? They, that's like, what it was. It's a backhanded joke. It's yes. a backhanded compliments or whatever about it that I'm like, I I see now that you're red, like you're a red flag, like you're a friend of me. I thought you were a friend of mine, but no, you're, you're snide little, little marks in the DM. Like I just, I simply don't answer those people anymore. And it's funny because when, and they still, still do from time to time, but whenever I post something, you know, I'm feeling myself or whatever in lingerie, I'll get, I'll see that their message is popping up and I'm like, oh, they want to tell me something catty. Like at that point to me, they're just a fan they're a fan. They're just not paying, you know, they're not an only fan, but they're just a fan. They're just a hater on my page and I'm their entertainment. Cool. You have nothing better to do with your life that, that I'm your entertainment and that you feel like you need to like dump on me, this emotional baggage. Like that's how I see them. Like they're just a hurt person, hurt people, hurt people. Yep. Absolutely. That's the truth. Um, so I want to talk about your solo traveling because yes. you are always going to the most amazing places and you do it by yourself Yes. Um, on many of those occasions. And you're just like, not letting, you're not allowing anything to stop you from doing the things that you want to do. Uh, <laughs> yes. You just live yes. your life. You're not, you're not <laughs> waiting for anybody else to tell you it's okay to live your life. You're not waiting for whatever, like you're just doing it. Um, yes. so what was that first like travel experience that really like was it? And you were like, okay, I need to do this more. 
I'm trying to think. Um, Have you always been a travel, like a, a big no, traveling? Okay. No, like, you know, I, I worked in corporate America, so I, I got my 10 days off, you know, my 10 business day, my two weeks off. And, and, and that was it. I wasn't able to take off once a month. Like I was doing last year. It initially, it started around mother's day last year. And I, let me just say too, I hate that society that, you know, Valentine's day, it makes the people that are single feel or people that are not necessarily like in the best relationship, make them feel, you know, a certain kind of, kind of way about themselves. Thanksgiving and Christmas. If you, if the person, you know, lost a family member, if they're not close to their family, it, it makes them feel a certain type of way. And I feel, I felt like that, that the year actually that started then the year after my uh, divorce, I was sad and lonely on Christmas, my ex-husband had my kids. I'm not close with my family. And I spent Christmas alone. And I initially was crying in my bed and decided why, why I, I have the power to get the fuck up. And I started thinking, what am I thankful for? What am I grateful for? Like, let me name one, at least just one thing. And from that, I started thinking of more things and got up and went to the gym or went to my garage and just started working out. Cause I was, I was most grateful for my health. I had lupus at that point, still have it, but it was little things like that. Like I'm, I'm grateful that I'm healthy. I'm grateful that I'm alive and thriving. Um, and Christmas is after that. I decided I'm not going to, I don't want to stay home. I don't want to stay home and, and be sad at home. I'd rather be sad on a beach and looking <laughs> at the sunset with the white toes in my sand, you know, and, or, uh, white sand in my toes and, and just be sad, quote unquote, on a beach. And, and I, I started that. So Mother's Day, instead of spending that time with, you know, typical society says Mother's Day, we need to go out to eat with our, you know, mothers or whatever and celebrate them. It's my that's my mother's day. That's my day. That's my, that's my second birthday to me. Like, no, I was in so much labor. Are you kidding me? And all the stuff that I have to do for those kids. I took myself to Cancun and to Tulum. Happy mother's day to me. Boom. Fucking love that. I love that. I think so many people would love to do that because it feels scary. I think for some people to sort of go out on their own. It was, it was definitely, I I had friends that were over there that kind of helped facilitate, but they were, they were in one city and I arrived in Cancun and I decided like, okay, let me plan this out. I'm going to be in a hotel. And I had already visited Cancun prior to that. Um, I think like six months back on a girl trip. And I was like, okay, this is going to be my first, I'm I'm a baby step it. This is going to be my first one. And then let me see like, okay, it's not too bad. All right. You know, next month went to, went to Miami on a girl's trip and was like, I, I, while I love the girl's trip, I enjoy my time with myself. I enjoy doing things that I want to do. You know, your girlfriends, you know, your girlfriends want to go to the beach or they want to, you know, they want to go clubbing and you want to go to the beach. They want to go on this day and you can't go. And so people, you know, make their schedule around somebody else. And for me, it was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not waiting on anybody else. I'm going to do me. Um, I, I went to the trip of that was Costa Rica. And that was like, um, like a resort type thing. But after that, uh, my next place was, uh, it was Marlena and Felicia. It was a, it was up and down. There, there were places that I visited like Paris and El Salvador that I had anxiety and I was crying in my Airbnb on the first day that I arrived. And I was like, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. And I'm so nervous. And then I had to like, 
shake myself out of it and was like, girl, you just spent all this money. Like, like <laughs> do something. Don't just, don't, don't be scared in here. And the men in both of those places were aggressive. Um, and that's why I was scared and was like, oh my God, it's not safe. But I was like, hey, we can do, I can do, we can do, talking to myself, we can do little things. We can go to the bakery on the corner by, by, by ourselves. Okay, ready? Let's go. And just doing those little baby steps while I was there just helped like, I can do this. This is like my home away from home for the next week. Like, yeah. unless I'm going to get a flight back early, I'm here and I'm not going to spend my time being stuck in my Airbnb scared. I'm going to do the little baby steps and I'm going to make sure that I'm safe and someone always knows where I'm at, but I'm, I'm going to do that. And from that was like, I, I love this. It is such a freeing experience. I get to do whatever the fuck I want to do. Like, if I don't want to do this, I don't have to, I don't have to do any of this. Yeah. Very empowering. I, I would love to know what are some of those kind of safety precautions for any women who are listening, who want to start solo traveling? What, what are some tips that you can give them to uh, be safe? I know you mentioned like making sure someone always knows where you are. Your location. Yes. Yeah. You leave your location on, on your yes. phone. Um, what other things do you do? Give somebody, I gave my, my ex-husband my itinerary. Cause I feel like he, if, if I go missing, he's like, nah, I can't, I cannot handle these kids. <laughs> so I gave him, I gave him my itinerary. Like, Hey, look, I'm, and he, he is a girlfriend now, but it's just like making sure someone else, it doesn't have to be your ex. It can be your best friend, your mom, whomever, but making sure someone has your itinerary, um, not doing, huh, I going from someplace like Tulum or which is very like tourist friendly to El Salvador, I hitchhiked. I hitchhiked to El Salvador and I learned quickly, like that ain't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't be so trusting. Yeah. Don't be, tr- I'm, I'm at that point, I was very trusting of people and realizing like, don't, don't be so trusting of, of other people, making sure someone has your itinerary, your flights, your hotels. Um, man, if you can bring pepper spray or, or something, you never know. Um, putting my, there's a lot of pickpocketers in, in France. So putting my, my purse, I, I got a, a sling purse instead of, you know, carrying it on my arm or my hand, mm-hmm. you know, carrying, um, minimal amounts of money on me, just in case leaving my passport too in my, in my hotel. So that if something were God forbid were to happen to me, which, uh, there was an, there were a few instances in Paris. Um, you know, I'm able to get back home with my passport. I'm able to, I have extra money and stuff like that. Um, just in case I need it. So someone robs you or pickpots it. They don't take that stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's good advice. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that, um, cause I follow you obviously and like watch all these places that you go and you were really, you're always really transparent when you travel and like what your experience have been. Um, yes. and Paris was one of those places where you said like, was just like the Scary. men were, yeah. So Very do you want to talk about that a little bit? Just cause like, yes. I feel like Paris is one of those places where a lot of people want to go, right? You think it's like oh, romantic and Emily in Paris. They don't show any of that. <laughs> no, no, there are, there are a lot of pickpocketers. Um, I worked for a French company. So I thought like, I'm, I'm good. I know a little bit of French and I can make my way around and they speak English over there too, but it was, it was because uh, I asked the French about it. I, I asked like, you know, it, it wasn't the Parisians and it wasn't the French. It was, um, I, they say refugees, but I, I hate to like 
just stereotype a group of men or a group of a group of people but it, it wasn't the Parisians and it wasn't the French that were that I had these uh, interactions with it was very scary I had somebody take a picture I was fully clothed they're, they're kind of they dress conservatively in, in Paris and I had jeans and a big old you know it was cold big old coat on and I had a guy taking a picture of my butt in in those in those fashion nova jeans like I know that looks great but uh-uh, that's that is such a violation I got pissed I got pissed and I wanted to like slap his phone out of his hand I was like on, and I had to tell myself like girl we're we're in a different country like you can't do this we're not even in the U.S. where you can you can tell you know someone your side of the story like don't do that don't do that that was actually by the Eiffel Tower I was chased by a gypsy on the subway and that was that was so scary that was so so scary um doing those things I realized like you know what and I don't need to take the subway. Like the subway was a great experience, but, or not a great experience. Obviously it wasn't, it was a, it's a great way to travel, but if I pay a little bit extra, I can Uber and I can really ensure my safety, you know, with, with this Uber driver. And, you know, I, and I'm telling my girlfriends too, like, Hey, I'm getting in the Uber, just little things like that. Like updating a, a girlfriend, Hey, I'm getting in the Uber. Hey, I'm back at my Airbnb. Just letting someone know, like I got back here safe. Um, really like stuck out, but Paris, Paris is beautiful, but the people um, were just overly aggressive. The men were, were overly aggressive. There versus South of France was totally different story. Beautiful, wonderful, had no problems. It's treated like a queen. Um, so many, so much eye candy. Oh my God, oh, so much, <laughs> so much eye candy. Um, but Paris wasn't it. Not for no. me, not for me. I, and I would assume just, I mean, most places, uh, specifically, like if you go overseas or you go to Europe or wherever, um, like going to those extremely touristy areas are hot spots for, like you said, pickpocketers. Yeah, yes. For people yes. to steal from you because there's such, there's such a high density of people in such a small space. Yes. People are so distracted and, you know, that's what like, it is. You're distracted and you feel like you're at home like it's like a like a home thing and you also are you know looking at the monuments looking at the right. museums People's looking guards at guards are like down because they're on vacation yes. right yes that's what so it is it's like you're a target so you gotta yes be aware of your surroundings so yes. I appreciate and you sharing those experiences with us so other people can learn from them too you're very welcome <laughs> um so you travel by yourself do you do any traveling with other people as well or are you kind of like stick into the solo traveling I do, but I, I even, uh, I was in Vegas in, uh, last month and a friend and I were riding the same plane together. I was like, Oh, we just saw each other at the airport. We're like, Oh, Hey. And we hung out a little bit, but I, I, I love my alone time. I love being able to dictate what I do with my schedule. This, you know, my friend wanted to go to Vegas clubs and, and he's a promoter here in Houston. He loves that club scene, but me, I don't really like to drink. I wanted to go and smoke and go to the dispensaries and chill and eat, eat the good food at Vegas. So solo travel is, is it for me. I may have, I may do, you know, a friend here and there, but ultimately I, I love my alone time and I love my time. I, I say when I want, if I want to get up at 12 and then, you know, roll myself over to the beach and finish the rest of my nap. Like I can do that. I don't have to ask and take into consideration what the other person wants to do. It's so freeing. It's so freeing. If, if I, you know, <laughs> do what? 
It's a real vacation. It is a real vacation because I get to decide, you know, I'm not fighting or bickering with somebody like, let's go here. I don't want to do that. I don't know. I do whatever the fuck I want to do when I want to do it, period. And I feel like there's so much power in enjoying yourself. Yes. Yes. Which is something so many people are afraid of, specifically women. I feel like that's such a female thing for us to be afraid to be alone or to do things alone um, because we live in a world that's fucking scary for us to exist in. Yes. Um, But that doesn't mean we don't like deserve to take that time for ourselves and like be in tune with ourselves and do things for ourselves. Right. I I was one of those women being married to somebody. I, I had somebody for 10 years and prior to that one to two years. So 12 years, my, my twenties was being with somebody. So even, you know, after I got divorced in the weekend, Friday would come, I'd be like, I would call up my girlfriends. Hey girl, what are you, what are you doing here? Well, what are you doing? What are you doing? I, I need some plans. I need, I need, I need plans because that's, that's what society says. Friday night, you need to be out Saturday night. You need to be out. If you're single, you need to be out and about and with other people. And it was, it got to the point where I was like, I'm fucking tired. I'm tired on Friday and I, I don't want to go out and Saturday. I don't want to go out either. You know what this weekend and this month, I just don't, you know, my, my idea of going out isn't drinks and nightclub and, and lounges and stuff like that. My idea is smoking a fat blunt or a joint and just enjoying, you know, just enjoying a good book or, or Netflixing or, or something, or just chilling at home. Like that's, that's, like that's that. my good thing, it, but it came slowly. It was not always like that. Yeah. And you are a toker. So you mentioned it a few times, um, yes. my, my fellow stoner <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the same way. Like, I feel like the older I get, the less interested I am in alcohol and like in socializing in that way. Um, and I'm the same way. Like I'd rather smoke than drink any day for sure. Um, were you ever like a big partier, big drinker? Yes. Yes. When I, my ex-husband drinks a lot or I'm sorry, sorry. I didn't drink a little bit. He, he's more of a drinker. Um, he didn't smoke. And actually my, I stopped, I used to smoke back in high school. I stopped smoking when I had my first child I was like, no, I'm, I'm a mom now it's time to, you know, put on the big girl panties and put those little childish toys away. So I'm not going to smoke. My first husband was smoked a lot and we would get into fights about that. Cause I was like, it's so, it's so gross. It's so trashy. It's so this, it has this negative connotation to it. And we would fight about it all the time. Second marriage, conservative, this being single. I'm like, let's pick smoking back up. Let's see. And, and it also, it helps with, with my lupus, with my, with my pain management, um, with my joints, arthritis. And it just became like a, that's my vice. That's what I like to do. But I didn't always have that view. I, 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 I went through, I was a partier and a drinker, but not a smoker because smoking has this negative connotation. Society says, you know, it's this, 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 it's illegal. So no, I, I shouldn't be smoking. I need to do whatever society says is, is right. And I need to abide by their rules. And God damn, I feel, it, I feel so, it's, it's such a free experience, not giving a fuck and doing whatever Andrea wants to do, period. Is it so interesting that like alcohol is so socially acceptable? Um, and don't get me wrong. I like to drink. I like to get a little buzz. I used to be a big partier. Like I know that there are plenty of people in this world who can enjoy alcohol recreationally and it's not like an issue, but like 
alcoholism is super normalized in our society and like people drink and drive people people do horrible things when they drink Yes, and, and a specifically parenting, like it has become so like normal, this whole like mom needs her wine the and it's wine. like, yes, and women who drink that. wine while they're pregnant and like shit like that. And it's just like, how is that fucking normal? How is that like, normalized? Yes. But like smoking a little bit of weed, chilling yourself out a little bit, yes. something that doesn't affect uh, your your liver, your organs. Yeah, yes. exactly. Like, how is that still so taboo? And I mean, I again, I know it's rated in, it's rooted in racism. Yes. If you want to watch a really good documentary um, on Netflix, it's called The Grass is Greener. Highly okay. recommend if you are a smoker to watch a documentary. Um, but it's just wild that like we're still in this space that's like weed is bad but like yeah drink three bottles of wine to deal with your kids right. and like what? Your kid up at daycare at soccer i mean literally you don't see on the news people killing people accident you don't see any of that coming from marijuana and i'm not yes. a smoker but i am a supporter um and i definitely I, it's really crazy to me to see you know you see people getting dwis all these accidents you don't see any of those things with pot yes <laughs> Um, yes, no. I agree. I completely agree. It's, it's, it helps mellow out versus I think alcohol mellows some people out, but then it sometimes it the wrong kind of alcohol or whatever, maybe the environment, like it's, it's just a volatile, I don't know. Thing. I think there's a reason why people are on cubes in the club because it doesn't really know it's <laughs> like, that much. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it well, usually I- drops people's inhibitions and they're yes. like, yes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, um, so I want to talk about the cosmetic surgery that you have coming up soon. I know you're getting your boobies done again, right? So you, you yes, currently again. have implants and you're getting them replaced. Yes. Okay. I'm getting them replaced. Um, I'm going bigger and then I'm getting a different, uh, profile. So before I, I wanted just, I was, I lost the hundred pounds. Um, I've always had like a booty, but I've never had boobs. I got boobs from, having children and then gaining the weight that's that was the only time so when I lost the weight I was an A cup I was an A cup um and it made me feel insecure with myself when I looked in the mirror I didn't fill out my my bikinis that I once did or my swimsuits or even my my bras that I once did um and looking at that just it made me feel a certain type of way about myself once I got the breast implants I got a lift and implants um I felt, I felt better. I know that's not always the case, but I loved my appearance getting those implants. And I am very pro, like do whatever you feel like is going to make you happy. I know it's also, it's a mental thing too. What we look in, what we see whenever we look in the mirror. Um, but it's also, if, if this is, what's going to make you happy, if getting this weight loss surgery, if getting this, these implants, if altering your, your, your physical appearance will make you happy. Why the fuck not? Why not? And I think it's also important to to just say that like you can love who you are, but still want to change things about your your appearance, yes! right? Like multiple truths can exist. Yeah. Like I don't know why things have to be so rigid. Like people are like, oh, like I'm having a tummy tuck and a chin augmentation soon, and I'm actually considering asking my doctor about fat transfer into my breasts as well. Mm, okay. And, 
because I, okay, I want to ask you about this because I know you said you had a lift, right? So like, yes. I am so scared to cut up my tits. <laughs> I, I, I love them just the way that they are, but I do want them to be a little bit more full, but I am so afraid to lose sensitivity in my nipples. Yes. So I have the, and I know it could go either way. Right. And for you, you became more sensitive, right? Oh my God. Like even sometimes (laughs) taking a shower when I'm on my period and taking a shower, I'm like, ow, 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 ow. They're so sensitive. It could go either way. I feel like that's just kind of like a roll of the dice. Yeah. With anything that you do with any type of surgery that you do, like there's, there's a possibility, you know, of, you know, X, Y, Z happening, but it's like, does the risk you know outweigh the reward okay then probably don't do it but if the reward is great you're like fuck it yellow let's go let's go yeah and so for you like after your weight loss was that pretty much like your breasts that was really the because you didn't have like a tummy tuck like you didn't have really have loose skin anywhere else and I think that that's so important for people to understand that like everybody's genetics are different everybody's body is different like you don't really know how your body is going to respond to a large weight loss until you do it you know so like I know for a lot of people they'll let that hold them or they'll use that as an excuse Uh, yes yes to to not go on a weight loss journey or to better their health because they're afraid of like loose skin or saggy boobs or whatever and it's like doing those things is expensive, right? Cosmetic yes. surgery is not cheap. Yes. Um, so for, you know, a lot of people, it doesn't feel attainable, you know, so they're like, oh, well, why should I, if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to feel great afterwards. And I'll say, at least for me, like if I was never able to afford having my skin removed or, you know, liposuction or having changes done to my body, like I still would not change the fact that I changed my lifestyle and lost weight and became a healthier person. Yes. Like, do you feel the same way? There's so much. Yes. That wasn't, that was not even like my health and just feeling better about myself was my main focus. My, my focus wasn't, and I've heard from from people like, oh, my cheeks are going to get hollowed out and I'm going to look like a druggie or this, this is, I'm going to lose my ass. I'm going to, and it's like, okay, but in the process, you're also going to gain several years back on your life that you don't, like if, if I told you, Hey, you know, changing this, this, or exercising a little bit more would give you one year back on your life. And you had like a death sentence today. Would you do those things so that you could live one more year of your life? Like we all would we all would. So why not? Like, and you can always fix those things. We're not the first people to go through weight loss surgery. We're not the, or not weight loss surgery, weight, weight loss. We're not, we're not the first people. Like you can always fix whatever the, the end result. There's payment plans. If you can't afford this, I'm still financing these boobs. I paid off the other ones already, but the, the boobs that I currently have, I'm still, I still owe, I owe it's a, 180 bucks a month. That's what, that's what my payment <laughs> plan is. You know, what's funny too. When I got laid off, I was like, can they repo my boobs? Like I was a concern. I was like, what if, what if I don't, what if I'm not able to pay this 180 bucks when I got laid off from, from my job? Are they, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? But worked out, right? Yes. It, it all worked out. It all worked out. You'll, you'll find a way. Yes. You'll find a way. You'll Things way. always work out. And You're I feel like that's different surgery then. So I'm, I'm going to get the implants. I'm not getting a lift. Um, I'm just going to get the implants replaced. Whenever you get breast implants too, they don't see people don't tell you certain things. 
When I got my breast implants, I thought they were going to, when I first got them done, they were like up to my chin. And I was like, oh my God, I look like Pamela Anderson. They look so fake. This isn't, I don't like the way this looks. I, I like a natural look, a natural body. Um, and four years later, they have, they, they drop within six months of you initially getting them. They settle is what they call it. Um, but I feel like they don't look like implants. They look like normal boobs. You, I don't, you know, you would never be able to tell. I feel like unless I'm wearing like a, uh, um, a padded bra or something, you would never be able to tell that I had implants. And I, I want that look back, which is why I'm going back and getting a revision, um, and getting just implants that are, that are perkier, perkier, firmer. Um, and so that it looks like whenever I first initially got them done, it looks, it looks like that. That's the look that I, that I want now. That's the look that I'm going for now. And with breast implants, you have to have them replaced about every 10 years, right? That's the other thing they don't tell you either. Yes. You do have to have them. <laughs> That's replaced why I don't want them. Years. I'm like, nope, I'm doing this shit once and never. Again. And, and done. That's what I was thinking. Too. I was like, I'm done. This is, and they're like, Hey, so we're going to, and I was like, no, what schedule a 10 year? What is, what is this? And Yes. The, and the longer that you have, that's the other thing they don't tell you too, the longer that you have your implants in the more complications and more risks that you have. So, cause I was thinking like, I push my oil changes. Like you're just going to change every five. I push that shit to like 5,000, 6,000. So can I push these breast implants? But you, you put your life like at considerable risk. And I know that there, you know, other women are like, I've had mine for 15 years, but I don't want to, I don't want to fuck with my health. I don't want to jeopardize. Like just, if they say 10 years, let me replace them. And I don't know, maybe eventually I won't have any at all. I don't know. We'll see when we get there. But as of right now, we're going to go a little bigger and higher. I love it. Yeah. Cause you got to do what you want to do. Yes. Right. (laughs) Um, so you, um, so you said you became a personal trainer. So you still personal training right now? No, no personal okay. training. Um, I, that was something I was very, I felt like I was like breaking up with like a boyfriend. It was so hard and difficult because these, my, my clients, these women, not all of them, but you, one, you get close to them. You get very close to them. You you're listening to, you know, what's going on with them and their daily lives. Um, and doing, I, I, at the end of the day, I had to do what was best for Andrea and what was best for Andrea was my time freedom with OnlyFans. That's another reason. That's another plus to it. Um, I have so much time freedom. I can work quote unquote on a beach in Jamaica. <laughs> I have more time also for my kids. My, my youngest, um, would come home and he'd be like, mommy, do you have clients tonight? And I, he would put himself, you know, my kids put themselves to bed while I'm out in my garage training my clients or while I'm doing virtual boot camps and ha- being able to have that time back with my children is priceless it's absolutely priceless like no i don't have any clients today Just <laughs> how, how old are your kids they are 11 and 15 both oh my boys. gosh and two boys so two boys. How, so with all these changes that you're making like they're older kids obviously they notice these changes like how yes. has that affected your relationship with them I'm a lot more open with my children than I was before, you know, before when they're growing up, we tell them Easter bunny, Santa Claus, stuff like that. Um, now I tell them like, Hey, mommy's getting her boobies done again. Like I feel like it's, it's, I don't say boobies. I think I'm getting my breasts done. I talk to them like they're small 
adults, young adults. And I feel like letting them know. Also, I don't, I, I have this thing in, in my head that I don't want my children to be like the people, specifically the men that body shamed me or made me feel a certain type of way. My father was one of them. And whenever I got my breast implants, I, I, I wasn't going to get them done yet. I was thinking about it. And I was like, Hey, I have a consultation this day or whatever. And he chastised me. And he literally told me, I will disown you as a daughter. If you get breast implants, like that's my decision. That is. And from there, like, it was just like, no, I'm going to do this because this is what makes Andrea happy. Like, I don't even see you anyways on a daily basis. Like you have no say so in my life. Um, but back to telling, telling my kids, my, my oldest son knows that I do OnlyFans. God forbid, you know, I have one of his friends or something. I feel like that's also just being open with my children and telling them I haven't told the younger one, the younger one thinks like, I mean, it's modeling, which I do do, but just being open with my children and like having them hear this, this, this way, they don't stigmatize, you know, their girlfriend or their friend or whomever and, and bash that woman and shame that woman for deciding to do whatever the fuck she wants with her body and her life. Well, hearing it from you, has got to be the best way to, I mean, you wouldn't want someone else to tell them to tell them either. Yes. I wouldn't like, Oh, this is your mom or, <laughs> like or your whatever. mom has this whole secret life. And yes. Like- no, like mommy has a stripper pole now in the dining room. And like yeah. that, and I tell them, and, and, and <clears throat> I will say there are times where it, at the end of the day, I have to tell them like, look, this is my decision. You, you wear the clothes that you wear that my son even corrected me one day. He was wearing black on black. And I was like, oh, you look a little emo. And he said, different people have different, what do you say? Different people have different views in this. Oh, taste. And this is my taste mom. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. You like, he checked me. The fact that he checked me made me want to like, I'm like, don't you, do-? but he was right. He said it in a, in a, in a nice way. And he, and he was right. He checked me in like a respectful way and it's absolutely right. So guess what? Mommy wants mommy's the same way. And she wants to do whatever is going to make her happy. I don't need your approval for that. I'm not looking for your approval. I'm just letting you know, this is what's going on. That's and they're true. fine. They're yeah, fine yeah. with it. They're healthy, happy kids. That's what yes. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not doing yes. they're healthy, happy. Yeah. And in the long run, they're going to have so much respect for you because you were just open and honest about who you are. And that also tells them that it's okay for them to be who they want to be. Who they are. Yes. Yes. Marlena. Yes. And and you mentioned your dad's reaction. You're Mexican, right? Yes. That is the most classic Latin dad reaction. (laughs) I feel like I'm like, and did your dad disown you? No, no. So no, he didn't. (laughs) But let me, so I'm, I'm, they'd be threatening though, don't they? I'm, I'm mixed. Okay. I'm mixed. My dad is, is white. My okay. mom's Mexican from Mexico. Okay. My dad is, is white. I identify as, yes, I'm biracial, but I'm, my, my skin's brown. My skin is brown. I'm, I'm, I identify with being Latina. Like that is, that is who I am. But my, my father having this conservative comes from, he's still in the army, career army, having this like just strict mentality of like, I'm the, I'm the, the sergeant you're the you're the per like whatever no no you're not over me you don't ha- you don't have jurisdiction in this <laughs> in this area no no sir you don't so did you grow up pretty strict then yes very very strict um to the point where i was sneaking out one night my dad huh, my dad screwed the window down to where you can't open it like he put two little screws there 
I mean, I got spanked. I got, I got spanked till I was 17 years old with the belt. And it wasn't like one little spanking. My, my dad look, looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin, the, the wrestler. <laughs> shaved, white head, um, or shaved scalp, white guy. Um, my, my dad ended up getting custody of us because my mom lost custody of us through some traumatic experience that, that happened to me when I was younger. Um, and my dad raising me was not, I was his first daughter, only daughter. And it was, that was, that was a lot. That was a lot to, he, he grounded me one time and didn't let me go to homecoming because I plucked my eyebrows too thin. Um, I, I was only allowed to date white guys. Like it wasn't, he was just, and I lived in a multicultural, I, I went to an all black high school. I lived in Chinatown. So having him tell me those things and have this like con very conservative background. Um, and even though he was married, he was married to a Latina. He, I mean, and he's, he's remarried to a Latina now, um, but he just had these very like, no, you cannot date Hispanic guys, only white guys. No, no other race, just white guys. That was it. Don't, don't bring anyone else home that ain't white was, wow. was his, was his view on it. That's what he yeah. wanted for his daughter. Has he, I still did whatever the fuck I wanted. <laughs> Has you can't, he... you can't, the more you try to control somebody, the more that, especially a child or a teenager, the right. more that they're like, I can't you know fucking what? tell me what to do. Yeah, exactly. So I have two questions. So first, uh, has he changed his views and opinions at all? Or is he yes. still exactly the same? Both. Um, he <laughs> like politically is very, very conservative. You try to argue with him about anything and I don't even argue, just give your insight. And it's like you now here's an hour lecture of of this, 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 but he has changed. Um, I have a stepsister who is also the same age as my oldest son. And I feel like her just also being bold and like being firm in who she is and and also um, the, her mom is is living with her. Like it was just it was me against my dad. Right. It was me, and my little brother against my dad. So, you know, having that extra like powerful woman in the house to combat his conservatism, I feel like uh, has softened him. And I was going to yeah. ask this, my my second question. Um, shit. I'm a stoner and now I forgot what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, damn it. It was right there. Uh, all right. Maybe I'll think of it um, again, oh but God. do you have anything else you want to like tell the people or any other? Cause you, I just feel like you're just a wealth of wisdom. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Okay. Oh, so right. like your upbringing and you mentioned like therapy, all the things that you went through as a child and like growing up in that setting, being Latina, but growing up with like a white conservative father, yes. like that's a lot to unpack. So like going to therapy, did you make a lot of connections as to how those things affected you when it came to like your body image and food and all of those things? Yes. They still, they still impact me t today. Maybe, maybe not as much. Um, but that was, that was my foundation. That was my foundation. Um, so not having to change that, but choosing to change, choosing to accept certain things and then change, like, I don't like this, um, has impacted me. And as of, as of today, and actually for the past, oh shit, maybe year, I've decided my dad's very toxic. My dad's very toxic and I can love people from a distance. I, I don't need to talk to him, period. 
Like I, I have love for my dad, but I literally, he is blocked from my phone. He is blocked from my social media. Um, same with my mom. I don't, I have not said one word to either of them in over a year. And I, it, my peace of mind and my happiness is, means more than making sure that my dad is okay with my decisions or listening to my dad or just being, being whoever the fuck I want to be has helped me. So when I find myself eating my emotions, because I'm, I'm not perfect and I, I struggle with food and that's, that was an upbringing. Uh, that was another thing. Like I grew up very poor, very, very poor. So whenever we had food, like it was like, eat, eat that up, but knowing like, it's okay to throw these things away. Hey, it's okay to deal with these emotions. Okay. You don't need to feel bad. I know it's father's day, but you don't need to call your dad. I know it's his birthday today, but you, you do what does Andrea want to do? Does Andrea want to stay or am, would I be calling him for him? Or would I be calling him for me? Like, no. So talking to myself when those things, when I start to eat my emotions helps. Uh, and therapy, therapy helped so much identify like, hey, it's not my fault. Um, it's okay. These things are okay. And just taking that blame and shame off of myself and identifying where it came from in, in certain, uh, all throughout my life has helped me uh, not eat my feelings as much. I still yeah. do just not as much. And we all have toxic family members. Yes. Right? <laughs> uh, so many of us, um, one of my favorite mantras that my therapist gave me is I love my family, but I cannot change them. And that is something I, I tell myself regularly, <laughs> uh, because you can't, you can't change people. Um, but what you can do is you can set boundaries and you can protect yourself and your energy and you don't owe anybody a relationship. Nope. Nobody, yes. no one except yourself. No one. Yes. Yes. Putting yourself first. Like that is, that's been, I feel like self-love is like <clears throat> layers, layers of it. And getting to like that point where it's like, I, I don't owe anybody anything like stop feeling bad who who am I going to feel bad for more at the end of the day them or me me for violating my boundaries and not listening to to my spirit my inner child or them I don't live for anybody else I live for me yes very inspiring can I tell you I think lots of people really struggle with putting themselves first in so many ways yeah, it's especially with parental. By myself, leave my husband's ass at home. I want to go on vacation alone. Do it. You so are you going to go on vacation? Pardon? Are you, try, are you trying to go on vacation alone? No. Now that I've listened oh. to, I feel like it, all the things you talked about are like challenges for me when I travel with people. It's never on my own schedule it's like my yes. one or two vacations a year and I'm on someone else's schedule yes and I'm or I'm having to compromise like right. I, I'm all for being I'm all for compromising but not on my vacations <laughs> not on my like I, I paid for this too I paid just as much as you did or you know I I like no my yeah. time is valuable I don't care if I'm gonna pay a dime for it my time is currency my energy is currency and that's valuable I don't want to sit it I don't want to do whatever whatever it is that you want to do so don't do it, right? Do you? So don't do it. Do it in solo travel. Feeling inspired. Yeah. <laughs> Little baby steps. Little baby yeah. steps. I, I've learned that I um like the big girls group trip things. Oh, I'm done. No. I can't I do can't, those anymore. I can't do it. I can't Too many do minds. it. I love traveling with my husband. Him and I are always on the same wavelength and we're right. like we travel super, super well together. So um 
that's fine. But yeah, traveling in big groups of people or even family vacations. Oh my God. No. We, did, we did a family vacation um, back in <coughs> April and, of last year. And it, not only was it one of the most traumatic things <laughs> that I've been through in a long time, but it was just like, it was too much. It was, we had one tiny car for like nine of us, oh, <laughs> you know, no. it was like, everybody had different opinions about where they wanted to go, what they wanted to do. And it was like, and then on top of that, you got all the family drama and the, you know, yes! and you, you got, like, it's like, it's vacation. I know. I was like, why did we think this was a good idea? I'm never doing this again. <laughs> you live and you learn, you live and you learn. I feel the same way. Like with, I've done trips with my kids where I'm like, why did I take you guys with me? Like, this was, they don't um, appreciate to, shit. Yes, yes. They want to do this. Complain. They're tired. Their feet hurt. They're this. Like, no, fuck that. No, I want to uh, enjoy my time. Yes, I do not understand people who bring their small children, especially and teenagers. Honestly, it doesn't even really matter. Like, yeah. just don't bring your kids on vacation. Don't. Like, <laughs> And that was fun. I mean, she could drink there and we had a really good time and yeah. that was fun. That was a good time, but she's 18. So it yeah. Was fun, yeah. You, you take them once they're at a fun age and then they yeah. can yes. go do their own thing and you can mm-hmm. go do your own thing. But yes, yeah, I not while it's that. work or but, like additional. Yeah. Or even Vegas. Last time I was in Vegas, there was so many people with strollers and small children. Oh, I was like, what the fuck would you bring your there. kids to Vegas? Like, yes. that does not sound fun. In the casinos and stuff like that, like yeah, with their freaking baby on the front of them, it's weird. Yeah, no babysitter or something. (laughs) People smoking in the casino and shit. Yeah, they're literally (laughs) smoking, and there goes little kid. I'm like, oh, okay, (laughs) all right. That is what it is. This has been such a fun conversation, Andrew. I've been looking forward to this. Thank you, thank you very much. I I hope it just it gives in, in some dynamic and some type of way it gives somebody hope, like whether you're going through weight loss, weight gain, you gain five pounds or going through a divorce, you're thinking about leaving your spouse. Um, you're, you didn't really see how toxic your work environment was or how it was making you gain weight and how it's making you eat your emotions. Like I hope somebody is able to just get to, to know that there's like light at the end of the tunnel, no matter what it is that you're going through, like it, life comes in waves. It's okay. It's going to be okay. You will be perfectly okay. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave us a review. We greatly appreciate that. And we'll see you bitches next Monday. Bye.